years, your brain might turn to putty. But there's still a chance to learn. We'll be your study buddies. We're going to talk about some stuff and make research cool. Welcome back to another episode of Study Buddies, the podcast that brings you the latest in science and psychology. And sometimes more. My name is Paula Sanchez Abreu. And my name is Taylor Collins. And today is a more episode. Oh, it sure is. We're going in. I brought in a study last week, and Taylor's going to tell us all about it. Take it away, Taylor. So, Paula brought us this really interesting study, which I think for the year 2021, which I don't know if you knew, it came after the year 2020, is particularly relevant. And this study was entitled a, it's a low-key burn, which I love, maybe a free thinker, but not a critical one. High conspiracy belief is associated with low critical thinking ability. So basically, the study, a bunch of French people (laughs) did some French studies on some French students, and it was very French. Really, the French part wasn't that important. But anyway, uh, it was some surveys about critical thinking and belief in conspiracy theories, and they did find that there is an association with the lower the critical thinking ability, the more likely the person was to believe in conspiracies. Surprise, surprise. I am sure you are all just... Like rolling in your graves, beds, cars, seats, wherever you're listening to this podcast. It's like our listeners are not dead. (laughs) I know, but once I got the rolling in, I just like had to finish it. But I don't know. Maybe my ancestors are like really interesting in modern day, interested in modern day psych science. So if you guys are, I'm sure you are not surprised that those who don't use their critical thinking skills are more likely to be suckered in by conspiracy theories. Yes. And we um, went super in-depth with this study last week. So for sure, check that out if you want to learn more about how it was done and all of the details. Um, But basically, this little result was super interesting and it was statistically significant, which means we can talk about it. (laughs) Hooray. Let's do it. Let's dive right on into the The day-to-day And this is a segment where we look at how the data could influence our day-to-day on a personal level. Ooh. Okay. I remember my first conspiracy theory encounter was shortly after the um, Sandy Hook shooting, um, that, like, horrible tragedy in Newtown, Connecticut. Um, There was, like, this video going around saying that it didn't happen. And, like, that these are all the reasons why. It was a crazy conspiracy video. and it was like, you know, YouTube mm-hmm. was super popular. So like that it was it was mm. it was really making its way around. And I remember being horrified and also like so confused when I was watching the video. I was like, there's so many jumps, but like it sort of makes sense. But like I don't that's not there's no way that that's true. Like I remember my brain was like, there's no way that that's true. But, like, I couldn't figure out why it wasn't true um, in watching the video. And I remember being so absolutely, like, warped by that encounter. And that was the first time that I encountered a conspiracy theory and was literally, like, confused as to why Mm -hmm. it – like, where did it come from? How did it – like, so, so confused by that. It seems so malicious. Yeah, 
I mean, that's that's a really dark conspiracy yeah. theory, and I think there's there's been other ones around shootings, like saying that school shooters. Yeah, haven't happened and that the students are like hired actors or paid actors and like that it's like this like giant liberal conspiracy um, in order to like restrict gun rights to I think allow government to control people more which is it's so the idea that like the entirety of the population would be able to maintain and hold a secret that large or that that would be doable in some sense is in its own right like logistically terrible or like bizarre but I think the terrible aspect is like the fact that you are like denying the victims of like their memory and the families of like the trauma that they went through which is which is I, I think like how can you how could you really do that that's so dehumanizing yeah I just and I remember like Especially being from Connecticut at that time and, like, some kids in my class, like, really thinking it was a thing. And me in my head just being like, no. Like, I know that this is mm-hmm. not a thing. But the the when, – when the authors defined, um, like, the conspiracy, conspiracy theory as, like, being successful because of, like, overwhelm and layers of weak argument, so many layers that you can't – like it's it's so difficult to piece apart because there's so many mm-hmm. components and like i think that that was one of those moments where i like this definition clarified that video for me and being like oh it was just that there was an overwhelm of information that like you couldn't like that they didn't even they didn't even go together that like you couldn't quite piece it out there's so many um like different points of information to shoot down with logic yeah. that in order to address each one of them makes it almost seem like you're just like argumentative or coming right. from yes. like a defensive stance yeah. when really you're just trying to tackle the misinformation that is just like being mounted on top of other min- misinformation to form like this very incoherent pile of garbage yep. yeah that people people jump onto and follow i remember read like listening to this vi- or watching this video and i only got halfway through it because it was honestly like it was really just like triggering to to um watch and that was the moment yeah. i think i like shared it with somebody else later like have you heard of this and they were like oh that's a conspiracy theory and i think i literally think my sophomore year in college or my freshman year in college it was like the first time i ever heard the word conspiracy theory and understood like oh that's what that is. Yeah, I th- I used to think of like conspiracy theories not as this like ominous, terrible thing. Um, I think they became yeah, more that but, like, in, like as recent- fun, like interesting, right? Like the things. Illuminati was something I think I, I talked yeah. about growing up, and we were like, oh, that's like so cool that like yeah. maybe like there's an intricate network of celebrities controlling things. Honestly, I feel like if anything, there's more truth to the Illuminati than other things. But <laughs> <laughs> that aside, and maybe that's rooted in my childhood, like yeah, fascination. I- yeah. Um, I I feel like it didn't used to have like this sinister nature Mm-mm. to it. Yeah. Um, whereas like in more recent years, because things have been so connected to like political things, which have been really emotionally motivated, there yeah. has been like a lot more like kind of darkness surrounding conspiracy theories and they've kind of taken on a new meaning. Yeah. And how it can like eat people in because with with that I remember being like oh that's a conspiracy theory and that's crazy so if that's what conspiracy theories are I'm not gonna pay attention to conspiracy theories because they are garbage and that was like the moment where I like 
I remember my brain not necessarily being like, I'm going to critically think and decide. I just decided that if that's what a conspiracy theory is, then all conspiracy theories are garbage. And now I just don't pay attention to them. Like, See, it is it's not something that enters my consciousness if it is brought up. I feel similarly, which I think sometimes – like because I'm a very science-based person, Paula and I literally started a science podcast. Yeah. I don't know if you knew, but we do like science. Like I, I like things to be, and I'm, and I yes. don't. I think if anything, like thought should be so critical. Like I like to look at the science and being like, and be like, here's the science, and here's also why you should take all of it with a grain of salt because here's right. the caveats. There's going to be caveats, right? Yeah. And I think conspiracy theories, Darius, don't always do that. Yeah. I feel like I don't. That's a good point. I don't really like to read into conspiracy theories because I want to like guard my mind space from that. Like I don't need my mind filled. You just don't need that extra information that's not true. Right. And because I, I think, you know, the more you talk about something or think it, it does influence you. And for me, then I think sometimes mm -hmm. that does me a disservice in like disproving those things because people will go on like at length, I think especially people who listen to like specific podcasts or follow certain like media groups that promote conspiracy theories, they will go into like these deep, insane, layered arguments. And then you just feel like, again, you're just like shooting down all these different points and it's overwhelming. And I just like don't even have the time of day or the patience to counter each of those the energy, things yeah. with like reality. So again, like if you're thinking about a conspiracy about like uh, how – their vaccination causes autism. Like, you go mm -hmm. back and look at the actual science behind it. The person who put out, out the initial article that had originally thought that maybe there was a link has, like, since then walked it back and talked about why. Like, it, there's the things that, thing, yeah. that these things are founded on are not on fact, but when you – on facts, when you confront someone who has that belief, they are just, like, armed with this just, like, package of ammo yeah. of – points and ideas that they're going to throw at you and it's just overwhelming to combat all of those so usually I just kind of like bow out yeah. I tip my hat I tell them to have a good good day and I like I go on my way yeah it's too it's too much it's too it's like they're too far gone I literally what is it oh my god I heard recently about um people believing in reptilians like alien people that like are actively walking the earth and like I, oh, I love apparently that. know somebody who believes in reptilians, which is a uh, cuckoo crazy, cuckoo mm. crazy, um, that that is like a real thing that people believe. And there's like there's like deeper, darker things to it politically, well, then but it's, it's, it's a, pretty wild. You have to get like – because I think there's like nuanced details between like conspiracy theories and like religion and theology and superstition because I think sometimes yeah. there's like a fine line and like – what is like a like is a belief in aliens a conspiracy theory? It may or may not be. I, you know, because you can put chunk it down to like a science of like belief on life on other planets because, and I think that could be a thing. So maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist. But yeah, but this reptilian conspiracy is like the government has placed aliens among us to like either take us down or beef us up or whatever. Like it's, it, it is, it does come down to that thing of like, there's a small group of people with malicious intent that are causing malicious this thing intent. to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really quick because we need to talk about religion, but I definitely think that's a macro. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted sure. to touch on, um, 
my my experience of critical thinking and how <laughs> what what wild it is to like read this study and remembering all of those times in English class when so like cool. you had to critically analyze things and I know that we talked about like in our last study or in our last episode how we like hated AP English but like it is in in high school and in college and like in my later years I'm like re- realized how important those classes were where you had to find evidence and build an argument based off that evidence yeah I remember thinking this is so annoying because like the answer is clear but it is so it is so important but you know it's interesting though because critical thinking is one of the higher levels of thinking and so like if you measure intelligence, with an IQ, for example, I think people with IQs below a certain threshold do not have the ability, and I don't mean this in like a, a degrading way at all. I just mean it in like the, the thought complexities are beyond their grasp, um, like to engage in that type of thinking. So I think people who have lower IQs may be more susceptible to that because even if they work on their critical thinking skills, which we should be doing for everyone and promoting that, and I'd love to know about research on promoting that, I think it is a little bit nerve-wracking for people who have intellectual limitations because it makes them more pliable uh, for people who want to prey on them because if they're still functioning in the world and there are people with lower IQs who Uh, lead fantastic and happy and wonderful lives and hold like valuable jobs and serve as active members of the community. That is fantastic. We need these people, but these are the people who I think can be very easily like misled because they don't uh, have the uh, like intellectual resources devoted to knock down information that is false. Yeah. It's like, it is, it is interesting to like I'm just so curious about further studies and looking at how specifically critical thinking and critical like analytics um, can can get in the way of that and and teaching it better and in better ways that it can access people that have some intellectual diversity because it's such an important skill. Mm-hmm. Um, with that in mind, shall we move on to macaroni and cheese? Yay! This is a segment where we connect the study suggestions to the bigger picture. Okay. So you mentioned religion before. I'd love to hear more about that, Taylor. I did mention religion, and I am tr- like trying to dance around my words because I am afraid of offending the religious community of which I have the utmost respect for. Um, but in some senses, uh, I will say that like there have been aspects of religion that have been used where a small group of people have um, maliciously uh, manipulated things um, in order to like control the population or get things done. Uh, But I don't, I don't know. It's, I guess it's not like secretly and it's not actually not true or maybe it isn't true. All I'm saying is, is Noah's Ark conspiracy theory? I am unsure. <laughs> it's interesting to think about religion as conspiracy. I think a lot of people that are currently deconstructing their religion or have been traumatized by like religion in their childhood probably would say that it is. Um, right. But like, I I think that um, it's it's a 
it's a tricky thing because the evidence is based in like years of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, not, not that that's evidence at all, but like that is evidence to a lot of religious people. And I'm curious about conspiracies if they if they are like if they expire do they expire at a certain point and stop being conspiracies also religion is something that is like us like if the if a conspiracy is the idea that like a small group of people is like manipulating the population and like causing events to happen mm-hmm. is that small group god yeah that's that was my question like yeah, because it is attempt. I'm gonna I'm gonna reread the definition of conspiracy theories as we're kind of pondering this because I and I, I do want to be mindful that this is really like a theoretical conversation because I don't think oh my gosh, reducing yes. <laughs> religion to conspiracy is fair because I think it um, both degrades the positive aspect of religion and also like yeah yeah inflates the negative aspects, um, but uh, the authors define conspiracy theories as Attempts to explain the ultimate cause of an important event, like social, political, climactic, etc., by accusing a hidden coalition of perceived malicious and powerful powerful people or organizations of having secretly planned and implemented these events. It sounds like God and the devil are potentially, or or the people that blame religion for events and things that happen could also be seen as conspiracy theorists because who interesting say more religion can be controlled by like a small group of people. So are we saying that the Pope is a conspiracy? Conspiracy? If you, someone's part of the conspiracy theory, what are they? They're the they are the conspirators. Is that what they are? I guess. No, no, no. Because yeah. the, would the conspirators be the person that are spreading it? This has gone real, real, real wonky, <laughs> real fast. Honestly, I don't know but if any of y'all are getting what we're saying. But um, would would the Illuminats? Would Beyonce be a? What would she be if her if she was? No, I feel like Beyonce wouldn't be a conspirator. She'd just be in. She'd be like a player in it the be... like, story they're making. Mm. Yeah. But I think that there is a there like there's many ways in which we could argue that religion is a conspiracy. I will say I am not a religious scholar and so my my I feel my arguments would fall flat very quickly upon speaking to somebody who is. Fair. Um we will readily agree we are not experts yeah. in religion. This is how conspiracy theories get started, Taylor. Oh yeah. Yeah, because of people like us. Oh, oh goodness! Also, that's we don't not want true. to. We're we 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 are very we are science based. Um, we are science based people, but it is an interesting thing to think about. Um, in in the large in in seeing how deeply religion plays a part in our culture in the United States, I think it is inevitable to consider that as a thing. Yeah, um, and it's interesting because it's I think conspiracy theories. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm just curious how many, like, I'd love to see a study that, like, draws correlations between people that are um, religious or faithful and people that believe in conspiracies. Mm. Or, like, an fMRI study 
on like what parts of the brain light up when told religious stories versus conspiracy stories. Yeah, that's a, a really good thing. And I think they are separate, right? They've got to um, be. Because part of, part of the thing about religion and the, like a, the caveat in this definition that I think is important is the word malicious. Yeah. Yes. Hidden coalition of perceived malicious and powerful people because right. I think most religions are not founded uh, on like a malicious right. god or gods. Um, it's like maybe an all-powerful or all-knowing, um, but usually there's some sense of like justice or peace or salvation coming from religion, right? And there's a right. there's a pro-social aspect, an aspect of like the greater good and giving back and community, caring, yeah. right? Community. And so I think that may be the main differentiator between like religion and conspiracy. Yeah. No, that's a that's a that was a very um critical thinking way to build that argument, Taylor. I liked it. Yeah. I mean, I also <laughs> I also truly don't know, but it's I think it's just it gives it a little more pause to it. Yeah. I wouldn't want to put religion next to people who believe like the Twin Towers didn't collapse. Like, you know what I mean? I think those are just very, very different ideas um, and very different yeah. things. Yeah. They're definitely different ideas, but I would be curious. I would be very curious to see if there was any correlation between people that believe in conspiracy theories and people that are deeply religious. Um it's just something I'm curious about. I'm not I don't I don't know if those two things are related. And so I would I would want to know. So if anybody wants to do that research, I'm here for it and I will read that paper for certain. Definitely. And speaking of um aspects of this paper and future research and who would be more or less susceptible to belief in conspiracy theories, I think one thing this that this study did not do a good job of was um measuring like gender and how different genders believed in conspiracy yeah. theories. Majority of the participants in the study were female. So I don't think there was a good sample size of men to balance it out. They were all like college age university females, which also makes me think like uh, at, at what age are we more or less susceptible to conspiracy theories? If you're more or less right. educated, mm. are you more or less susceptible to conspiracy theories? And, um, Depending on your gender, are you more or less susceptible to conspiracy theories? And depending on yeah, those are good questions. Your country, your culture. Um, this study was conducted in France, and so um, I do wonder if just like what the population is like and how they process things and how they interact with each other and share information may shift. So I mean, I yeah. think Americans can be really uh, indiscerning gung-ho rally for an idea without really checking before they wrecking themselves yeah. so um checking before they wrecking. Yeah, so i i, I and that's totally not based in science that is like pure me talking off of it's our experience the cuff but you know and also it's very it may not be true at all like there may it may be that other like all cultures are equally susceptible i'm just aware of the conspiracy theories that i see in my culture because i'm exposed to them right yeah no those are all good questions though like i definitely think there's i mean there's so much more work to be done in this arena but controlling for gender is really interesting and the age factor i didn't even think about that taylor but i would be really curious about controlling for age and if there is a difference in at what age you are more susceptible to this kind of thing mm -hmm. um 
that is a huge question I have, especially like seeing now that like a lot of people that are believers in QAnon are like older people that like are like significantly older people than than we are. So it's just fascinating. Right. Um to think about yeah and i think part of that may have to do with like platforms and what a- what ages are in- sure, engaged in yeah. what platforms i don't know if if anyone yeah. has really interest in um breaking down conspiracy theories a little bit further or understanding how some of them evolve i think if you listen to npr's uh the rabbit hole they do a really good job of delving into some of such a good sh- series yeah the youtube conspiracies um it's it's really well done it is um look at us we're we're, uh, we're recommending other podcasts for you yeah and if you want to listen to garbage ones i i highly recommend joe rogan's podcast uh which i only oh talk shit about every time we i love that you just podcast. said you highly recommend joe rogan's podcast oh yes and i would i hope you all know it was ironically and um <laughs> i just i just don't there's I wonder how many episodes we're going to get through without Taylor mentioning how she doesn't hey, like Joe Rogan or yeah, his podcast. I'm, I'm working on it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, I think that was a really great conversation. We did go in a circle a little bit around um, religion, but I think we got to a good place <laughs> with it. So thanks for bearing with us on Very that. Very true. <laughs> Um, well, uh, thanks for joining us for another Passing Notes episode of Study Buddies, and we'll see you next Tuesday with a new study. Have a great week. Bye, guys. You can follow Study Buddies on Instagram at Study Buddies Podcast or send us an email at studybuddiespodcast at gmail.com. Study Buddies is created and produced by Paula Sanchez Abreu and Taylor Collins. Our podcast is edited by Renee Collette. Our music was composed by singer-songwriter Caught in Between. Our graphics were designed by Monica Ray Summers Gonzalez. Our social media is run by Kieran Dio. Media photography by Sherry Lynn Photography.